Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So I feel like uh, the, the crowd has spoken, Paul. Um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but you know, last week, last week you told your sob story, and it is kind of a sob story about the fact that you've ordered your BMW M2, which I think is a phenomenal choice, and you probably won't have that car for a year. So I threw out my crazy little idea for a car in the interim. You're thinking about maybe getting a toy car for under twenty grand, which is a key thing. Some of you had ideas that were well over twenty grand, but. Under twenty grand equation, I said, "What about an S two thousand? And the onslaught followed. Yeah, the audience has resoundingly <laughs> said, "Paul, why haven't you bought one already?" Which you know what? Thank you guys, because that was what I said. We finished this conversation the first time, and I said to Paul, "I said, why aren't we shopping right now?" That's and he was like, funny. "I don't know." And then you guys hopped in and said, "Oh yes, please do this." That's pretty awesome. Thank you guys for responding. That's pretty unbelievable. The the overwhelming avalanche of support for the S2000 has caught me off guard a little bit. I mean, I know that we all like that car. You like it. I like it. Yeah. We all like it. We've driven yeah. it ad nauseum. It's great. Mm -hmm. And just the support was really, really fantastic. So I guess I'm going to be shopping here soon. I mean, you know, first world problems. My M2, yeah, exactly. I'm having to wait for my new I M2. My, I don't have an M2 yet. I'll buy an S2000. <laughs> I have to buy Poor an S2000 on the wall. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a hard, so it's a hard I'm world. Not, it really is. Not complaining. And it, it does sound like a good idea because Todd and I are really thinking about doing some track days this year and getting more. Yep. Just, yep. yeah, we're, we're wanting to do. It'd be nice to have two cars, you know, for both of us instead yeah, of, it would be. you know, you and I both in the FRS and trading off. So it would be nice. I, here I am, yeah. you know, first world problems. It'd be so nice if I had a McLaren 570 <laughs> if I only had it. Yeah, if only I had a – yeah, I hear you. Well, you know what? Speaking of track days, I want to – this just struck me as we're talking. I want to take us on a total tangent right now, and I'm going to throw out another comment for the audience to respond to. And I mean this very seriously. We are looking into something that that we don't know if we can do. But what we're looking into is trying to set up our own couple of track days, meaning Everyday Driver branded track days you guys could bring mm -hmm. your own cars to, mm -hmm. get some track time, hang out with us, ride around with us if you want. Maybe we'll shoot some people's cars. I mean, we're thinking about doing a couple of these. We'd like to do kind of a West Coast one, and we'd like to do one kind of East Coast. And we've targeted the Chicago area because many of you are in the Chicago area and have said that you, you follow the podcast especially and also the YouTube videos. But i gotta be, I got to be really very candid about this. Renting a track is a very expensive proposition. Okay, depending yeah. upon the track, yep. it's between like seven and ten grand for the day to rent a track. And I'm not talking about you rented the greatest track ever and here's all the track instructors that are there. I'm talking about here's your track, here's your corner workers, here's medical stuff if you need it, and you're ready to go. That's as far as I'm going. And literally seven to ten grand depending upon the facility. So here's the thing to all of you in the Chicago area. And I say in the Chicago area, I mean the West Coast. If you could drive to Chicago or want to drive to Chicago, please respond. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on uh, our email address at everydaydrivertv at gmail. Here is my genuine question. If 30 of you 
would say you'd want to have a track day, we will look seriously at Chicago uh, area to try to, to book that because it would be kind of normal track day cost. We're talking 150 to 200 bucks a person. You would don't get me wrong. You're not going to get five laps. You're going to get a few probably half hour sessions. Okay, It'd be a very typical track day. But unless there's probably 30 of you that would legitimately think about that. We just can't swing it. So I'm throwing that down. I mean, we've, we're looking at yeah. it. Please know behind the scenes we looked at it. But the cost of it, based on our just our expenses, and you guys know that we run pretty tight anyway, if we had that level of interest, genuine interest, we could probably pull it off. But it's got to be those kind of numbers. So there you go, Chicago or St. Louis or anybody that would like to drive <laughs> to the Chicago area. Nebraska Yeah, I mean, East. sure. <laughs> well, because we talk about this a lot. You wouldn't be, you'd be surprised how much Paul and I talk about wanting to do these kind of adventures and these kind of track days and have you guys join us. And we can just spend time with you as well and just drive. And, I mean, that's what we're all here about. But yeah. it is an expensive proposition. Yeah, it is. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's going to be interesting to see the audience response. And you guys have proven that you are listening and you do respond. And I know that there's going to be another avalanche of responses with a twist here and a twist there. But give us your feedback on that because we're looking at, like Todd said, doing this, bringing in some potential sponsors and mm -hmm. really setting it up to be a fun track day, maybe some instruction. Like I said, you know, there there's some twists and turns in here, but we got to gauge response before we can actually plunk down and throw down for some money. We want to well, make sure that yeah. you guys are interested. So Please respond. We have to be careful. Yeah, we have to be careful. It's not and, us uh, and 10 guys standing there. Yeah. And we've just lost our shirts financially. That's the problem. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Right, right. Well, yeah, this will be interesting. I mean, they've, the audience has clearly spoken on the S2000. If I get one, <laughs> well, actually, let me rephrase that. When I get one, I'll probably there have to bring you go. it out and track it out. See, there you I'm, go. I'm working with everybody here. I'm working. You're growing. You're growing, <laughs> growing. Paul. Good for you. Good, good for you. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be fun. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on this podcast. We never have anything to talk about. That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, I'd like to talk New York Auto Show. Can we do that quickly? I mean, uh, we, we touched on it briefly last week before it started. Yeah. And, I mean, we're yeah. talking about you, you, you not having to drive the FRS and getting something else. I want to jump from there straight to the, the Toyota uh, 86 refresh, which we debated last time as, is this going to be attractive? Now I've seen more photos, and I'm going to fully say, nope, it is not. It's <laughs> just not working. Keep your car. Keep the one you have. And uh, Well, yeah. yeah. I, that's the thing. I, I was never in love with the front-end styling of the FRS until they released this refresh, and I went, you know what? I've got a gorgeous car. Well, I mean, that's really how I feel about it. I'm, honestly, I'm kind of disinterested unless anything has to do with power. Unless they're coming out with, we tightened things up and we gave it 50 more horsepower and we did some, I'm honestly, let's keep driving, you know, the ones that are out there and keep enjoying yeah. those because this just represents now a, a front end, you know, rear end clip refresh. And it's just more of a typical but, thing that automakers do. So I'm kind of disinterested in that yeah. sense, you know? But I'll go, just, I'll go a step further though. I mean, you know, we made fun of, look at our old Mazda Speed uh, 3 review. Look at some of our early uh, Mazda Miata, our, our first NC review. I mean, Mazda went through a stretch there where all of their cars had a smiley face and we made fun of it. But Unfortunately, I would take a smiley face over this weird uh, catfish grimace that this uh, 86 refresh has on it. Mm -hmm. You look at it from the front, it looks like an angry catfish. And somebody even actually said, uh, somebody randomly on uh, Twitter said this, and then uh, Chance, one of our photographers, said this. If you put a bandana over the, the lights, it looks kind of like a growling Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. 
I mean, it's it's got a weird kind of that kind of growling weird face about it. This is not none of this is good news, by the way. None of these no, are compliments. No. Um, and and I actually, you know, I've never liked the front end of the BRZ that much, and I think it is far more attractive than this '86 refresh. They just got lost in the woods somewhere. They're just trying to, yeah. I mean, see how much car design the the front face has to mm-hmm. say something about it. See how. It, it, it is difficult to bring about a refresh that doesn't remind people of something. Like the Lexus is yeah. is the yeah. Predator, the open mouth, and you know mm-hmm. some cars yeah. are this, some cars are that. It's it's difficult to make a distinctive, fresh design without making it look like something that everybody's turned off with. So in this case, sure. massive failure. I um, speaking of um, <laughs> massive failures in Toyota. Here, buddy. Just go go for it. Yeah, there you go. Good news, everybody. Toyota has announced a 2017 Toyota Corolla 50th Anniversary Special Edition with 17-inch alloys and LED. And I, yeah, I still can't care. See, I was going to try to and do you that. Just, I, you were, you were trying uh, to sell it. I could feel it. You were trying to sell it, and yet uh, done. Yep, I hear you. I couldn't I do you. it. I couldn't do it. All right. So moving on, what else interested you at the um, at the New York Auto Show? I'm curious. Well, I mean, there. I felt like this was one of those that I was surprised at the number of cars that people ended up talking about. I mean, there were a lot of things. I mean, the, the heck, the, the new uh, Impreza sedan in, a, a, is out, and at least it looks a little bit less Corolla. I mean, that was there. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's damning with faint praise, if I ever heard Yeah, it. that is faint praise. That is oh faint praise. Now, now with less Corolla, <laughs> you're right, is faint praise. But, oh but you know, God. I actually thought it was funny, the, um, what do they call it, the, the Nissan equivalent of the Renault Twizy that I drove in Monaco, that's an extra on the Pilgrimage Blu-ray. That, uh, Nissan's now getting some, some press on that a little bit. So that's interesting that that's there. But I have to say, the big one that I want to talk about is the MX-5. The MX-5, let's be honest, it's a target top MX-5 that uh, they're calling it the MX RF hardtop. Yeah, yeah. So instead of doing what they did with the NC, which is a full retractable metal roof, it does something that looks kind of like, not exactly, but kind of like what the new 911 Targa does, where a whole back clamshell lifts up and the top piece goes down and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And they're talking yeah. about, you know, it's got these flying buttresses now, which is really cool. They're talking about this isn't going, I, I read, read something today, they, they don't think it's going to change much of the balance or the weight. I'm very curious to see what that was because, you know, that hardtop was only 70 pounds. You can look at it two ways. Wow, it was 70 pounds or it's only 70 pounds. I mean, I think <laughs> if they can keep that because, I mean, a car is this weight. When, when you're talking about a car less than 2,500 pounds, 100 pounds is a big deal. You talk about a car that's 5,000 pounds, 100 pounds is like who cares. But, you know, if they can keep, honestly, if they can keep that hardtop mechanism, all of that under 100 pounds, I think it's a rousing success. I'm incredibly intrigued. I also read a rumor. Did you read this? There, there, somebody was also rumoring today. I think it was Car Scoops was talking about the fact that they were hinting at maybe we will do a Mazda Speed version. I'll say right now, look, I'm one guy and I really don't have money to spend. But I will say this. If Mazda made a Mazda Speed version of this hardtop, I would seriously considering, consider buying one on one condition. Hmm. Can I fit? I don't know if I can fit. With a hardtop on With it, I can't wait top. to see this in person. Yeah. With a hardtop on it, I really want to know if I fit. If I can fit in it, this is an MX-5 I would buy, genuinely. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at the profile right now, and I'm liking what it's doing with the hard sheet metal profile mm-hmm. roof sloping into the I backlight agree. here. I, I, I am liking what's going on. It looks more of a substantial car to me. And, yeah, this rear view is pretty interesting. The flying buttresses. 
and then you take that middle section off. It's it's channeling like S two thousand for me. I've got S two thousand on the brain. I guess. Well, it's got like but yeah, you do clearly. It's but it's got S two thousand. It's also got that uh, BMW Z four in it. It's got that feel. Yeah, I mean, it's, it does. It looks like in profile. It looks like the hard top Miata we've all dreamed about. But I will also say this, and this I thought was really strange. I think it looks fantastic with the top up. I think, especially in profile with the top yeah, down, it does. It does. I think it doesn't look that good with the top down. I think it accentuates how small the car is with the top piece removed. I sure, feel like the car sure. suddenly feels even more stunted. And and honestly, I think this has the exact reverse problem of the uh, the four C Spider. I think the four C Spider got more interesting without a top. I think this this Miata hardtop is more interesting with a top. Yeah, I, I the middle section gone here is uh, yeah it's it's breaking up the flow of the roof line there, which is mm-hmm. not a good thing. But with and I just this think car, it accentuates the high windshield and the and the scale of the car, which is tiny, obviously. Yeah, it does. I, although I am more intrigued with the Fiat Abarth 124 version of this car. They're calling it the Spider Elaborazione, which I actually like the name wow. too. And Bless I you. I feel like the the details on the MX-5. The front headlights, the rear taillights, I'm not a fan of these. I feel like they're too fussy, they're too squinty, and the, the features on the Fiat 124 version of this car are bigger. They fit the car better, in my opinion. Now, is the car going to be substantially different? I don't think so. I don't know that it's going to be yeah. that much better of a driving car. It's going to be a different option, mainly because of the styling, but that mm-hmm. is the car I would buy. If I'm, you know, if we're dicing it up like this, I would buy that car over the the Mazda flavor of this. I'm just not a fan of those headlights coming down in the front. I feel like it's it's just too too narrow. And you know, I know that headlight technology is driving what that corporate face will look like and we're going ever smaller and smaller and so therefore you can get away yeah. with smaller openings and you know, soon you'll, you'll need just the tiniest of lights, but you still have to make a, a face and a, you know, it's a small mm-hmm. sports car. It needs some features. It's slab-sided, not that much going on, so it needs some big features yeah. to sort of balance it, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm liking that Fiat well, version better, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I think the Fiat version is interesting because of the turbo, but I, I kind of feel like that one that they've shown here, this... Uh, this Abarth that they showed at the New York thing, I feel like that doesn't quite go far enough. Uh, but I'm very curious. In any form, I want to drive that car. Oh, because sure, the big sure, thing, with the turbo, yeah. The, the big thing that, that I feel like isn't getting talked about right now is the price comparison of those two cars. I mean, I'm expecting that Fiat, and, and I look, somebody probably is looking up right now the fact that here's the pricing as they're saying, but I don't know that there's anything official out yet if it's going to cost exactly this amount. My guess is it's going to be ten grand more than a Miata. And my question is going to be why. It's going uh, to be why would you get one for that much more? And I, I, I don't know, but I suspect it's going to be in, a, in the next price step up. And at that point, I will struggle to see why it's worth it. But I definitely would like to get in one. I'd love to get in one back to back. I really would. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So here we go. Turboed 160 horsepower. That's what the car needed. And yeah. no well, pricing. Well, it's, it's the torque. I, I don't know. I mean, ten grand is a guess. So who knows? But I, I'm guessing it's another flavor to to change the styling. I like the upright, more upright front end. I like the longer yeah. nose. I feel like the nose drops off on that MX-5 too quickly. 
This makes the car more elongated. Mm. I like the proportions better. That's why I'd buy it, to be honest. I mean, yeah. You know what I'd like to see? This is going to be tacky, but you know what I'd, I'd like to see? I'd like to have all of the retired people that want a soft Roadster go buy the Fiat. Let us have our MX-5 button-down Miata. Mazda, give us that car. A button-down, no-body-roll, focused Miata from the showroom, and you can take your Fiat and have a nice cruising drive. But that's just how the sp- styling responds to me. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see where these actually fall. Yeah, I can see that. You know what else stuck out to me at uh, this auto show was Jaguar's F-Type, this SVR that is just... I'm already in love with the F-Type and, you know, <laughs> only having driven the six-speed with the V6, but I am pretty hot about this car. I mean, it is their top-end performance model here, and mm-hmm. just reading the specs about this thing, it's a genuine 200-mile-an-hour car, which is just floors me. This is fantastic. Yeah. So that was a standout for me. And uh, what else? I made a list here. Oh, the ZL1, the new Camaro ZL1. I'm liking what they're doing mm-hmm. with the new Camaro 6, the body style. I'm liking everything about that car. Yeah, of course, uh, keeping with the trend of lots of power here. That's kind of, uh, I guess, the <laughs> theme. But New York's getting some interesting cars. I mean, I never used they to think are. of New York as the, wow, notable reveals. It was m- more of the, here's what's coming to a showroom near you, like the mm-hmm, 2017 mm-hmm. 50th anniversary Corolla. So I always, <laughs> I always thought of it as, yeah, more of a, hey, here's what's coming, you know, the Volvos, the BMWs, and that kind of thing. But they're getting some really great stuff in here. And some really interesting concepts, too. I mean, we've got L.A. and Detroit that are typical concept-heavy, but this one seems to be very concept-heavy. Can I I bring up one that I I really have a rant about, and I'm very curious how it it resonates with you? Sure. And that is the the Lincoln Navigator, (laughs) that concept. Which, which first off, I want to acknowledge right away, everybody went, oh, look. In fact, my parents even said to me, did you notice that the Lincoln Navigator had the Falcon doors like the Tesla? That was for concept only, and they've acknowledged that it's for concept only. But I I have an interesting rant on – I hope it's interesting. I have a rant on the Lincoln styling right now, and this Navigator speaks to it. And I didn't didn't know it. I didn't realize that this was hitting me this way until I saw the Navigator, and and I had this thought. We've okay. got the new upcoming Continental, right? The, right. I don't know right. if you've seen an, the the current updated MKZ in the wild, but it and also this Navigator all have the same thing. I f- I feel like the styling that Lincoln's doing right now, it has the look of a 1960s designer trying to design a car from 20 years ahead in the future. <laughs> it's it doesn't. It, Something about yeah. the styling, the the line choices, the choices of lines in the interior, the interior designs themselves, they don't look, they look like somebody in the past trying to design modern, not anybody actually designing modern. I can see that. I'm acknowledging this, and I can see that. It feels like old thinking trying to be modern. It feels like stuff yeah. stuck in the past, and this is kind of how we always did it, but I'm struggling to find new shapes but that's not what it's about. It's about new proportions. And, you know, you want to compare that to Cadillac. Cadillac's been killing it for years. And they've mm-hmm. been really doing well with proportions and got a, a very distinct style. And Lincoln, I think, has just been struggling to find a, a voice of their own. I agree. And, a, you know, they have a few cues to, to fall back on. But I think that's all they're doing is looking backwards to try to figure out what's new. And 
we've been through the well, retro I phase. Admit, we've been there. I, exactly. I will admit I'm looking mostly at the renderings. I mean, some of the photos sell it too, but mostly the renderings, for example, of this car. And in every place they put it, I just feel like the design, and I mean this actually in a bad way, the design feels timeless. It feels like it's from a different time yeah. and not connected to right now. And trying very hard to be modern, but something about the the, the look of the seats and the, the details in the interior, everything about it, I'm just sitting here going, when was this designed? This was just released mm-hmm. just now? It yeah. doesn't feel like that to me. Though I do get the sense of somebody trying very hard to be modern. Maybe I need to see it in person. But I, I saw an MKZ on the road yesterday, and I thought the exact same thing. The taillights, I was like, that's a car from the 1960s. It's cool yeah, looking, but it's a, not a car from right now. That's a good thought, yeah. It's, it's stuck in the past kind of thinking, trying to find fresh shapes. And I think they need to throw everything out and try again. I, I just, I'm, everything they keep doing, they keep landing on the grill. It's all about the grill. And no, folks, it's about everything else. The seats in that Navigator concept, they're rectangular and square. The, the edges of the seats come to a, a sharp edge. They look, mm. they just look like blocks of foam. Going, <laughs> what? What is this? It doesn't look fresh and new. And well, and they've got they've got these floating these floating foam armrests on the the middle of the massive center uh, center line. I mean, look, I I need to step to the side for a second and say we have ranted on concepts before because the concept doesn't really tell you what it's going to be like. But this navigator is close enough to the styling language of what they're doing otherwise that I just go, <laughs> this is not good news. You know, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I keep wanting them to find a voice. It took Hyundai a while, but now Hyundai's are ever yeah. so much yeah. leading edge. People are looking to Hyundai now, but I just think Lincoln is just for everything good that Ford's doing with all the rest of their products. Lincoln's mm, over here like the bastard stepchild of. We forgot about you. Oh yeah, we need electric car brand to sell. Oh yeah, we got to figure out something. <laughs> Stop it! Throw everything well, you're right, out. Because they are killing it in enthusiast cars, and even the cars that are non-enthusiast cars in their lineup. I mean, they've just got worthwhile cars in so many spaces, and yet in this luxury world, yeah, I I agree. I think they're lost. Um, I feel like we could rant on New York for a while. We should probably move on. I do want to make one other comment in kind of the concept car world, and that is uh, coming up later this week, the Tesla Model 3 launch is happening. We will be watching that uh, press launch just like you will. We will probably do a podcast shortly thereafter. So yeah, expect ranting, especially from me, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I cannot stand press launches. <laughs> because I, there know, will be sorry, marketing here, involved. That's why we're going to expect but, ranting. But here's, here's, marketing here's, my, here's my, my reason for that. Here's my caveat for that reality. The, the funny thing about that Model X piece we dropped is the number of comments that people have regurgitated to us what they've seen Elon Musk say in a press reveal. Right. Now, right. I don't have anything extra that I feel about Tesla or anything else. Here's the thing. Every car maker, when they stand there, go to back to our discussion of Faraday. Every car maker, when they stand there with a car reveal, if you believed what was said in that reveal, the car is cutting edge, the best thing they've ever done, a revolutionary in its market segment, priced perfectly, has every future you'd ever want, and let us show you two or three things that nobody else has thought of that we've done. Pick your car maker. (laughs) Those are the bullet points, okay? So the thing I think is funny, the only difference happening here is when Tesla does it, I feel like a larger percentage of the population buys it. When GM does it, Ford does it, 
BMW does it, there's a good percentage of people that go, sure you did. And my whole problem is I have problem not just feeling sure you did any time I listen to the marketing brief. And so we'll listen to the Model 3 and we'll talk about it because we're as curious as you are. It's because of a, a person, a figurehead being a visionary. Elon is a visionary and it has that Steve Jobs effect. Everything I've come up yeah. with is going to revolutionize your life. It's going to be the mm. best thing you've ever experienced. Ford, GM, all the regular players, they don't have visionaries. They've got corporate structure that everybody ignores. They don't have that guy that stands up there that has that, that no. reputation and, and no. sense. I, I take that point. But ultimately, it's what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody sat down and created the marketing speak. And I call me a cynic. That's fine. I, in this area, I definitely am. I just, I see through it all. I just am sitting there going, mm. okay, so somebody in marketing is <laughs> checking off a box and somebody is <laughs> patting themselves on the back and you've claimed that's awesome, but I can tell you right now, it's probably going to suck when you see it. And this is not <laughs> me trying to be contrary. It's just because the entire purpose of a reveal is let us tell you why we're awesome in the desperate hope that people will buy it hook, line, and sinker. The only press reveals I've been to where I'm swallowing it all are Porsche press reveals because they're, it usually comes with Shocking. some gigantic power increase and Shocking. time decrease, and I'm sucking all that one up. I've, and, yeah. and I stand there next to you even in those, and I go, yes, but everything they're charging you for will be worth half as much next year, and they're going to charge you an entire car on top of it for everything they asked for. Well, sure, I mean, and I'm fine with the, it. When they did the the big reveal about the uh, the the Cayman GTS a couple of years ago, the yeah. whole press launch was tiny bit more horsepower. Would you like Alcantara on that, sir? And a thirty thousand dollar premium over a base Cayman S. They were hundred like, grand. Wait, what? You did what now? You gave me a, you gave me like a a breath more horsepower. And yes, I would like another scoop of Alcantara and thirty extra grand. No, I'm sorry. Well, I can tell you, all of us are looking forward to that rant after the Model Three drops or information about it. I'm I can't wait. It's I, I don't know that he's going to reveal the car, but maybe. But at least the pre-orders will they begin. They're, they're claiming they're going to reveal it are and they? people are going to drive it. And let's just see. I mean, it's all so smoke and mirrors right now. We'll see. We'll see. We're so close. So we'll, we'll have to, <laughs> definitely have to have that discussion. Let's do a car debate. Let's let's wrench me out of my rant into all right, all right. Uh, talking about Antonio, who all wrote good. us from New Jersey. And, you know, you put this together tonight, and you probably did this on purpose. But what I find interesting about the two you put together is we've got two guys that like the car they have. Uh -huh. And yet are looking for something else, which is very really cool. much on purpose. Very much so. I uh, I put this together because I uh, I read all these emails and I'm looking for interesting hooks and things that will yeah, push yeah, Todd yeah. and I out of our comfort zones. We've talked about this last podcast about coming up with more creative ideas. And for Antonio, the big takeaway here, as you listen to his story, Todd and I relate his story here. He's experiencing a bit of buyer's remorse. Todd and I are wanting to push you into cars that you love, that you'll have mm -hmm. for a while, mm -hmm. you know, maybe two, three, four years, something like that, maybe longer, yeah. but something that you'll love and you really want to drive all the time. And Antonio experienced that and had this singular vision of a uh, <laughs> 2015 Subaru WRX STI. He got the launch edition with the yep. blue, with the gold wheels, the car. And mm -hmm. it seems like he's experiencing a bit of buyer's remorse after owning mm -hmm. it for, I think, a year or so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just reading through his story is sort of going, 
huh, this was very unexpected for me to read through this and go, you know, to, to think about what he's thinking about and his priorities have changed, which mm -hmm. is interesting. And that's okay. Your priorities change. You need something different. Fine. But it's almost the reverse of what you and I talk about all the time. We, you know, hey, well, get you out of that Corolla, get you into something fun and hot. And he's yes, done but, that. But, you know, there, there's something that's happened with Antonio here that I want to speak to a little bit, because here's the thing. Here's a car in the STI that he he acknowledges he has lusted after. He's 29 years old. He's lusted after the STI since he was in high school. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I want to speak to that for a second. And this is not about Antonio. I'm going to go straight to YouTube commenters. Take our and uh, the, the two best examples right now, the Model X review <laughs> uh -oh. or our, or <laughs> our, uh, original, our original G GTR review. There's a common thread in both of those. The people that have never driven the car that aspire to the car mm -hmm. can see nothing wrong with it. There's no, there's no part of their brain that thinks there's <laughs> sure. anything wrong with it that, that could be possibly wrong with it. And yet you'll find if you – you probably don't want to do this. But if you, if you work your way through all the comments – and again, we're reading them all. Uh, when, when you work your way through all the comments, you'll see owners that will pipe up and be like, I own this car. And here's how I agree with the guys. Now, they may yeah. not agree with this across the board. But, but the point I'm making here is this. When you aspire to a car and you're in love with a car from a distance, it's like that girl you're in love with from a distance. There's nothing that could possibly that you could if you could have that thing, there's nothing about it you wouldn't yeah. like. That's I'm, that I'm feeling. I'm nodding in have. agreement. I'm sitting here nodding in but agreement. The but the reality is, pick the car. Pick pick whatever car it is. The minute you actually drive it, get into it, own it, you will find things that are not as good as you imagined. That doesn't make it a bad car. This is this is the leap that I feel like people take. The minute that you find things that are wrong with it, just like the beautiful woman across the room or whoever it is you fell in love with, just because you found the, the, the kinks in the armor now doesn't mean you have to throw that aspiration out. It doesn't make that car or that person instantly bad. Now it's just reality has dawned. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. he, he's had this love for the STI, and now he has an STI. And what's he discovered? Things about it that are not as good or easy for his life as he hoped they would be. And he says right here, I love my car. I really do. I've wanted one since high school. He saved his money. He fought. He bought a launch edition. And it's great. But now he's going, huh. And on, honestly, Antonio, I feel like that's a great revelation. It doesn't make anything wrong with your STI. You're just looking at your life and your usage of the car, which, let's be honest, is commuting in New Jersey. And you're going, should I have bought this car? Yeah. I think it's a fair question. I don't, separate, I don't take that as a slight against it at all. <laughs> I was going to say in a separate breaking news story, Antonio, New Jersey is going to be selling a top quality Pristine condition 2015 <laughs> Subaru WRX STI launch edition a blue well, with gold wheels. Would anybody a well like to buy it? Well, launch edition is about <laughs> to go up on the auction block. If you'd like to contact Antonio, right to yeah, I agree. That's right that's a to. great point. It's a very um, good point. No, well, I, I like that you brought this up because uh, I, I'm in agreement with you. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, but he's he's had three cars in his life. It sounds like mm -hmm. he had a 01 Ford Mustang V6, 03 Toyota Matrix. And now this car. So he hasn't had mm -hmm. the, the breadth and depth of cars to drive to compare things to, which I will say, this is the whole reason, Todd, and I encourage you to go drive the laundry list of cars that we give you yeah, yeah, yeah. surrounding yeah. your choice. You're, you, I want the Mazda, whatever. I've got to have that car. Go drive the VW. Go drive the Subaru. Go drive mm -hmm. the Honda. Mm -hmm. Go drive all these other cars. It might, it might make a difference. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe yeah. you still come back and love it, which is fine. 
but I, I like this revelation, which is exactly why I picked his email because he's, mm, he's mm-hmm. had this big revelation here. He's looking at all these other cars. And again, the, the mantra that Todd and I stand on is you cannot drive the spec sheet. You cannot look True. at the consumer reports True. and say, oh, it gets the high quality marks and all this. And I've got to have that car because I know I'll love it. You might hate it. It might make top mm-hmm. marks. The spec sheets, the GTRs, the Model Xs and their top quality everything and the fastest numbers and all this stuff. And finally, I have the car and I, eh, I guess I don't really want the car. And that's because okay. We're not, we're not teasing you, Antonio. We're just no, realizing true. this alongside you, which the, the is reality a great is that point. No, no car is perfect. And when yeah. you're in a yeah. fan mentality about a car, you can't fathom that to be possible. And you've got to drive it and find, you know, literally. And, and, and when you're an owner, you start to find the weird things like, huh. I hate where that window switch is. Does mm-hmm. that really matter? No. But you know what? Every time you reach for that window switch, it's going to bug the crap out of you. Yeah. So, right. I mean, th- these right. are realities. So, you know, I mean, like you and I were joking recently. In fact, it's, it's coming up in our new Jeep piece. I hate the, uh, the gear shift uh, interaction in your Jeep. Hate it. Don't like it at all. Always fight with it. Yeah. You drive the car, you've gotten used to it. It doesn't mean that it isn't a weird engagement, but there's nothing wrong with the way it works. It yeah, works. Right, the car right. drives. It's just a, an annoyance. The FRS has plenty of annoyances. My point is there is no perfect car. So you realize that you've come to that realization, Antonio, but you've also said, all right, I could get some money back out of this car. I could probably sell it for low 30s. I could buy something low 20s that might be better for my essentially 42-mile round-trip commute. And you've said you don't have to have a lot of bells and whistles. You want it to be fun, but... Maybe you should go another route for a while. You've said the the important things are Bluetooth, heated seats, LED lights, backup camera, and uh, keyless entry. So those are the kind of the things that you really want modern-wise. And you've given us a list of cars you're looking at, but I think because of your commute, because you're not tracking this car, I, I say move on. That's fine. You've enjoyed the mm-hmm. STI. You've just I think you found it's not a match for you as much as you thought it would. That's okay. I've got a few ideas, but where did you go on this, Paul? Well, for everybody listening, the real reason that Antonio is getting out of this is really just money. It's financially related. He's saying that he's thinking about saving for the future and really wanting to get a nest egg. He's looking at the future with his girlfriend and want to get ten mm-hmm. grand back in the bank, which is very admirable. And he's given us a list mm-hmm. here. Uh, GTI Mark Seven, Fiat 500 Abarth, Focus ST, Fiesta ST, and the Subaru BRZ, the, the Toyota 86, along with the Miata. So some usual suspects and he's in there. used pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah used yeah. for everything. And I could see, I, I didn't go pricing. I didn't really, I mean, I don't know the mileage on your car, but I'm sure you could get, I don't know, 35 out of it, maybe 34, and bank Probably 10 low grand. 30s. Probably low 30s, and yeah. And go, yeah, uh, yeah. go get yourself something. So I worked with a $26,000 budget. Just okay. bear All with right. me here. I like, yeah, Antonio, I, I like your Abarth 500 idea. I just don't know okay. if that car's for you. And where I'm going with all these choices is not downgrading in terms of less features and functionality. I'm downgrading just because you can get these cars at a lower price, but they're still substantial mm. cars. And I'm here and I'm reading through the lines. I'm hearing that you're wanting something maybe a little bit more comfortable because you are going to be taking your girlfriend around. I mean, your relationship's developing and you're going to be traveling and spending more time in the car, which is great. And you're wanting something more not necessarily mm-hmm. luxurious, but more substantial and more more of a f- car feeling. Not that the WRX well, STI is not. 
And, but, and hang on, I want to I want to add to that real quickly. He okay. he has come to the feeling, and I want you to be careful, Antonio, to drive this car and realize it won't be perfect either, even though we love it. He has come to the feeling that he would probably love to have an 09 and up Cayman S. Obviously, we're big oh, fans. Yeah. He yeah, said yeah. he'd like to have one. He can't afford one right now. So again, I I think you're right in the kind of 26 grand range. Even though if you shopped smart, Antonio, you might still be able to get a Cayman for that. I'm just saying. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's the it's the bottom end of what's possible for that generation of Cayman. I think it's possible if you shop nationwide. But what you're don't saying is don't listen to him. He'll try think, to sell you an S2000. Don't listen to him. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could get the Cayman S you want right now. That's what you're kind of saying to us. So let's just assume that. But I think. The fact of what you haven't liked about the STI, which is just, I think it sounds like it's a little bit too frenetic for your mm-hmm. life. Okay, yeah. the STI, yeah, one fair. of the things I love about it is it's always on. But if you're commuting in it, that's not what the STI always on demeanor is good for. So I think the, <laughs> yeah. the Cayman S starts to inform driver's car still, but luxurious driver's car. If you're not using it as a driver's car, still a fun place to be. That actually informed my, my thoughts quite a bit here. Hmm, and I think okay. your mid, mid-20s is a good place to be. My favorite of the ones he listed was the GTI because I think it's fun when you want it to be. And otherwise, it's just a nice place to be. I, I think that works. But yeah, I do have... Yeah. Two others. However, what else do you have? Oh wow! I picked a list of ten for you, so I'll I'll read through them. Of course, them you did quickly. But why, I, again, why are our podcasts now like two hours long? It's because you're picking ten I'm cars a person. Raising my hand over here, yeah, it's because of me. All right, so including the five hundred, I thought, all right, just just consider this open mind, Antonio. Twenty fifteen EcoBoost Mustang, something to consider. How about yeah. a twenty twelve or twenty thirteen the Mark Six Golf R? Those are bang on twenty five, twenty six thousand. The prior gen, the prior the pr- gen, sure. Just the yeah, prior yeah. gen. We like that yeah, car. Yeah. We wanted more power, but it doesn't mean it wasn't a bad car. It still had gobs of power and is really fast. It, um, it, and it meets his needs. I mean, I, I, I should, yeah, I should yeah, side yeah. note real quickly. He said he doesn't want to downgrade his STI to a current WRX. He feels like that's too similar to where he is right now. He wants to go right, different right. than where he is. He did include that. So that that's why I like your Golf R a lot, actually, because it does go different. That's interesting. Okay, keep going. I've got a 2015 VW GTI found with 904 miles for $26,000. So brand new, grief. certified. Good grief. I mean, that's a good option. Uh, I thought of the 2013 Camaro SS, still the sport, still fast. Kept going from there, went to the BMW 335i Coupe for 2013. You could go a 2013 Infiniti G37 Coupe, the sport of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, two Audis, the A5 and the TT 2013 and 2012. That might be a consideration. But I landed on a wild card that is a okay. bit of a mix. It's still... A driver's car, but maybe a bit more substantial in terms of power and creature comforts, that kind of thing. It Maybe okay. it leans too much towards the sport. And that's a 2015 Nissan 370Z with a sport package, only 25,000 miles for 26 hmm. grand. Bit of a wild card. I know hmm. it's it's less space than what you're used to. You've got an actually yeah. a pretty good-sized yeah. car. That's why maybe the, the Golf and the GTIs might be the better choice, but... Kind of hmm. interesting, different car, um, just something to consider. So that's my long list. Things to drive, but ultimately go drive them and uh, you know land on something that you ultimately like. And that's I, okay. I like 
I like your Golf R of those that is the favorite of the ones you listed, mainly because I think it has some of the personality of what he likes in that STI, but yet it has the things he's missing in the STI. I think it's both, and it would give you a very different driving experience, Antonio. I have two. I kind of follow the rabbit trail of, okay, you have an STI, all-wheel drive. You kind of want something a little more, a little less hair on fire, a little more, I think. I mean, looking at your list of must-haves, the Bluetooth, the heated seats, the LEDs, the backup camera, this kind of stuff. Well, stuff like the the Fiesta ST and the FRS, they're out already. They're gone. Okay, yeah, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're headed more toward that kind of nicer car thing, which is absolutely fine. You're commuting in it, so you're going to want a little bit of power. You're going to miss the power if it's not there. So that kind of led me a couple different directions. I do like that GTI. I like the Golf R idea. I, a fringe one, almost a wild card for me. A fringe one is the current Mazda three. It is an absolute downgrade in power. But you know what, Antonio? You can find those. <laughs> Lots of cars no coming question. from an STI. There, yeah, there's no question. <laughs> there's no question. You're going to wonder where the power went. I guarantee you will. Even with the, the big engine at 180 horsepower, you're going to wonder where the power went. I, I acknowledge that. However, I know somebody that just picked up a pristine one-year-old one of that car for twenty grand, And when you're in it, hmm. you'll be shocked it's that affordable. It is a great place to be. It is roomy, and it actually has pretty good handling, especially considering it isn't any kind of hot Mazda Speed version. So I would say drive the Mazda 3 in in hatch or in sedan. However, my favorite for you across the board is a used Audi S5. S5? All-wheel drive. S5. All-wheel drive. Very classy looking. Great place to be. Decent power because of that V8 S5 engine in it. So you're gonna you're gonna have a it's gonna have a different personality than your than your STI, but it's gonna be powerful. It's gonna be classy. It's gonna have a good interior. The handling will be perfectly good for everything you're gonna do commute wise. That's dropped to 26k by now. Or you could get one for that. Absolutely, 25 really? to 28. Go really? buy yourself an S5. You absolutely can. I looked probably because I wanted to make sure. Right. Yeah, I, I looked because I wanted to make sure I wasn't I wasn't wrong, and you absolutely can. So wow. I think it's a totally different life experience, save for your Cayman S. You, can have, you could have an S5 for a while. And when I'm finding these S5s, it's not like the 100,000-mile version. I'm talking like, you know, 40, 50,000 miles on an S5. I, I think that's worth looking at. I wouldn't go more than that, but yeah, those are still Well, not for one you're going to have for a little while. I agree with you, but why not? You know, why not? I, I think it's worth looking for an S5. I really do. Wow. Long list. Good, good stuff. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, yeah. I like this. All right. We're... we're 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 you're you're coming in with ten cars a guy here. I gotta I gotta keep it short now, and that's not my forte. But yeah, we, we've got a, we've got a lot we're throwing down. We should go on to another one, which is uh, Douglas writing to us from uh, Simi Valley. He just moved to California from Dallas, and I have to say the biggest caveat in Douglas's discussion right here is the fact that he's six foot six. <laughs> yeah, that caught my eye. I went, wow, he's three inches taller than both you and I. And we fit in some cars that people are surprised we do, S2000s, low tie mm-hmm. Elises, the, those kinds of cars. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But 6.6, six, six, wow, yeah. Um, yeah, w- welcome. Welcome fun. to our end, of the, our end of the world, Douglas, where you just realize that many, many car designers <laughs> are five foot eight, and you don't understand what's <laughs> going on, that they, they don't have, you don't have a tall friend you can bring into the studio to have them go, no, this isn't working. Clearly That's you funny. don't, and as a result, we get in the car at six foot three and go, who designed this? Who is this for? But apparently we're the freaks. So welcome to being with us, Douglas. Um, you've had a list of boring Japanese cars, Camrys, Civics, 
these kind of things, and you're looking at you're looking at your situation, which is now you've got a commute on the 101 of less than 15 miles. You can fit in a BRZ and a G37. So you're going, all right, guys, I want a fun car. I want a more fun car than my Civic, which, look, Civics are great and reliable, but your Civics and Camry, if that's the bar, you even acknowledge it. If that's the bar for fun cars, we can get over that bar. We can we can surpass that. So uh, <laughs> you you and your wife have a little one on the way. Congratulations on that. So that is a factor. You will have a rear-facing child seat in your future. And those are, as we've said before, trash cans in the backseat of your car. So, um, yeah, funny. this is where you are. Well, so Douglas has given us two scenarios. He's come up with two different options that he's thrown out here in the email here. Scenario one, and this is 25K. Well, I said firm 25K. Yep. I'm going to go 26, but... People... <laughs> Um, People are getting firm. so smart with us. They're going, guys, this is yeah. my real budget. And you've already done it, Paul. You've already gone, well, I if you know. can do 25, you can do 26. This is the world we live in. Yeah, go on. Spraying money in every direction. No, that's really not what we're trying to do. But I, I do have some options for you, uh, Douglas. Scenario one is 25K for one car. Requirements mm-hmm. would be manual, fun to drive, good looking, the rear-facing car seat, a car that takes all the plastic toys that are going to be in your life. And yep. he said it doesn't need to be trackable, but he's got a, a, you know, fairly, well, not too far of a commute, but wants it to be fun, interesting, pleasurable, good place to spend time. And he's also S- said, even though not trackable, I have to take this tangent, he's also said that he's moved to Simi Valley from Dallas. He probably won't track the car, but he probably will, will find some back roads. Douglas, honestly, man... You have moved to back road Mecca, especially compared to Dallas. My (laughs) wife is from Dallas. I know the Dallas area. Trust me, there are great roads not far (laughs) from you. Doesn't matter if you track your car. You should get something that will be fun on a back canyon road because there are so many good roads in Southern California. So congratulations. Welcome to that. And we need a car that's going to be good for that. Absolutely in this scenario. Oh, yeah. Uh, Scenario number two, and that's take that 25K and buy two cars with it. But he mm-hmm. was thinking, he added an addendum here, and that is splitting that 25K, say, maybe some, you know, more of a fun car now, and then push out the sedan, you know, when the baby mm-hmm. comes so he's got more time to mull it over, think about it. That way yeah. you can get the fun now, and then maybe add that in later. I'm kind of waffling between these two scenarios, and I came up with a list of three, six, seven cars. <laughs> I'm limiting myself here. Down but, from 10, you have seven. Okay, go on. Hey, Sorry, I'm laughing. Well, that's technically right. six with a wild card, but I feel like mm-hmm. that twenty five, you know, that $25,000 area is uh, is a sweet spot. And, you know, if you want to do the two cars, it looks like both of you and I are going to be shopping for Honda S2000s. If not, you want to just go for one car. Douglas has listed the choices that he's thinking about. First of all yeah. is this BMW, the M3 Coupe, the E46 M3 Coupe. Mm-hmm. That he has been lusting the after, and the icon, yeah, the car yeah. that we talk about ad nauseum. It's talked about here an Infiniti G thirty seven. What mm-hmm. else? Ford Focus ST. He did mention the WRX as well, and uh, he he did say if it's going to be one car, he wants it to be more on the smaller end of sedan sizes, so not too big. Mm-hmm. My yeah. wild card might be a little too wild in that case. You'll just have to judge for yourself if that's too much. But uh, I'm trying to. You know, think of something that's going to be substantial, interesting to drive, fun. But that mm-hmm. $25,000, $26,000 price range opens up the world of options, just like we did for it Antonio does. before. It, does. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is really a great – and new cars. I don't mm-hmm. mean going back mm-hmm. too far. 
I am, uh, I'm just coming back to his initial choices here because none of the ones that I picked were his choices. So I'm a, Interesting. Little, okay. I'm a little worried. But maybe not. Well, maybe you might warm to some of these, Douglas. I will. I will say. I will say with two other big caveats here that that I have to say because they informed my choices. First off, in your two car scenario, Douglas, you said uh, one of the things you're considering in your two car scenario is you know maybe you get a cheaper sedan and then you buy yourself a Miata. I'm just going to say real quickly, <clears throat> uh, my friend, you're six foot six. Look at <laughs> me in the Miata. The Miata, Miata is on each out foot. For you. I, there we go. I, I appreciate that you would like a Miata. Go get in one to see if there's any chance you fit. But my head's already sticking out above the dash on those cars. I mean, above the windshield on those cars. I don't think a Miata makes any sense for you in this scenario. Uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my body type and your body type are different enough that you can get in a Miata and be like, no, I'm fine. Look, I fit <laughs> in the fine. FRS. Don't worry about me. I fit in the FRS BRZ wonderfully, even with a helmet on. And you've said you fit in that car, and I'm not too surprised. The Miata is a different animal, and I think you're probably on that category with us, where you're just too big. So I think that's probably out. Mm-hmm. I try. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up kind of accidentally with one of each scenario, but um, oh, really? I, I was going to ask because I'm curious. I am as to more informed. I. Yeah, I am more informed. Honestly, you want to have smaller cars. I think unless you do something like. The WRX, which is surprisingly roomy for its size, I think you have to keep in mind, A, your height, and B, the trash can in the rear seat that will be the rear-facing rear child seat. They're just enormous. <laughs> They're just bigger than they should be. I mean, oh, I can fit yeah. my son in the back of my FRS because he's six, and he has a booster seat, and I slide the passenger seat forward. So he's forward-facing. He can duck his little legs down, and that works. I couldn't get a rear-facing child seat in that in that car with any kind of precision. It's just not there's not enough room. So the small two plus twos are really problematic here. I, I hate to say that reality, but I think your height versus that trash can are going to fight at each other. So I, I I ended up going probably a little bigger than you might like, but I have a couple of ideas and a couple of odd ideas actually. Only two. <sighs> I scoff. I have seven. Just kidding. Of course um, you do. Yes. Go on. <laughs> I. Uh, I really went with scenario one, and that's because I get the idea, Douglas, that if you get a fun car now and then decide on a sedan later, okay, you might have the budget to do it, but then the baby's going to come and that fun car's going to sit, and your mm-hmm. wife's going to look at that thing like, get it out of here. We need the money. Why do we have it? Yep. Why is that yep. thing I around? Fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, maybe if you want to just do that for the next year or so, great, but mm-hmm. I just kind of yeah. thought... All right, taking into consideration your height and what you're looking for. Well, you're looking for a manual transmission. Dang it, that means my wild card's out. Oh, well. All right, so we'll start at the top. Uh, <laughs> top choices then here for you, Douglas, uh, are all Lexus. They are the IS, either the 350S or 350F okay. from 2011. Or if you want to go a little bit newer, I found you a 2012 IS250 or a 2014 IS250. About 30,000 mm. miles. They're a little bit smaller. I, I think you'll fit. I think you will. I mean, duck when you're getting in. But um, You talking F-Sport versions of these guys? Not necessarily because uh, because of the price point. I don't know that he could yeah. go F-Sport, but I liked it from a handling perspective, and we like the chassis dynamics. You know, maybe it's not the most power ever, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I have I so like much the, trouble recommending that car the without the F-Sport, though. That's that's my question. That's well, that's my only concern. Maybe, maybe. There, but there's there's be, positives about it for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a trade-off in terms of you know more luxurious, you know newer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, Japanese. So from a reliability standpoint, you won't have to worry about it. But you're still getting 
more of a luxurious place to spend time in your commute, and it's still a good driving car, you know, fun mm-hmm, to drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah, led yeah. me to the Ford Taurus SHO 2013 with 30,000 miles. You can get for about mm-hmm. 25, 26 grand. Those are bigger cars and gobs of power. Now you're talking all wheel drive, 365 horsepower, yeah. twin turbo yeah. screwed to the thing, and that could be a genuine option. Now, as far as driving dynamics, I think they're going to be pretty much the opposite of Lexus and the opposite of the, the German usual suspects, if you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah. Um, could be an interesting choice. Plenty of space, that's for sure. It's a big car, so plenty of space for that. Uh, what else? I okay. had, uh, right. yeah, like I said, this, this price range keeps opening up choices. So the Mercedes-Benz C300 from 2013, that could be an mm. interesting option, kind of a trade-off balance in, in all areas. Decent power, decent ride. Um, you know, still a little bit on the smaller side. And speaking of smaller side, 2013 Audi A4, I found you a red one with the two liter turbo premium plus quattro for 40,000 miles. So hmm. can't, can't ignore the A4 in this, in this price range. And for what you're looking for, I, I couldn't ignore the Audi A4. Um, and I, I hesitate to mention my wild card because it's not a manual. <laughs> I All hesitate. Right. All right, I'm I'm anyway. Let's go. What do we have? It's a 2012 Jaguar XF, and I forgot about the manual mm. transmission thing. But if none of these cars work, if none of them appeal, Todd and I drove that car. And is it the handling track beast? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. No, but it's, not. it's interesting. It's still engaging to drive and different, classy, interesting, intriguing. Um, you know, you driving a Jaguar for that kind of price. Wow, maybe that's something that could appeal to you. So that's a bit out there, I realize, but I real I just thought, well, they're in the same price point, and if we're if we're going there, I wanted to mention that. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, um, okay. You you just come with a massive list of cars. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna side note for a second. I'm gonna come back. I think we're running long enough, and I don't think we're gonna get to very many Facebook questions. In fact, I only think we're gonna touch on this one real quick. Because we're just, it's just going to be so long and uh, all that. But please keep posting those. I know. Please keep posting those. But one of the questions we had in the past week on Facebook questions for the podcast was, Paul, where are these places you find these crazy cars? And we're talking beyond the usual suspects, beyond AutoTrader, beyond Cars.com. So Paul's going to write up a little write-up about, write-up a write-up, good Todd. He's going to write up a little (laughs) article about all of the places, these really obscure websites where he finds these pristine cars. He's got, he's like a savant for it. He's going to write that up. We'll put it on the website. We'll put that out on Facebook and Twitter that exists on the website so you guys can chase some of these crazy car places that Paul finds just gems. So we will do that for sure. I don't know that we'll get to any other Facebook questions, but thank you for that one, for posting that one. I appreciate it. Um, What I realized in looking up this stuff for Douglas is that I wound up with kind of something to match each of his scenarios. And I didn't intend that, but in your Mm. two-car scenario, Mm. one of the cars I thought of, I then kind of backed my way into your two-car scenario, which I agree with Paul. I don't know that that's perfect. But one of the things you said that struck me is you prefer cars with smooth lines, like a flowing style line. You prefer that. So I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about your budget. I'm thinking about your size and your trash can rear-facing child seat. I'm thinking about all of that. And I went, wait a minute. For 10, 12 grand, you could get yourself that mid-2000s Pontiac GTO. Hmm. That car, this is going to sound weird. I knew a guy that bought one. 
and he told the dealership, before he even had it delivered, take off the wing. And they looked at him like he was insane. He told me the story, and I thought, you are insane. And then I saw it. That car without the wing has actually a really nice profile sideline. It doesn't really need the wing. I know that sounds weird, but it just it becomes a little more subtle, but it's got a really nice design character line to it without the wing. I'm not saying buy one and take the wing off, but my point is it follows that flowing lines thing. Mm. Those cars are cheap now. Six liter V8, 400 horsepower, six speed, rear wheel drive. It is a long way from your Civic. I don't think there's any chance. I don't think you'll have any trouble fitting. I think you'll be fine. And the rear seats on that 2 plus 2 are decently sized. And that car is cheap now. So I think 10 or 12, you could get one of those. And for 10 or 12, you could get yourself, I'm sorry, I got to go there again, Honda S2000 which is the larger man's Miata. <laughs> I so, told you. I told yeah, you. Yeah, I'm sorry. But but if, if you were doing the two-car scenario, those are the two I would suggest to you. I don't know that that's the right answer, but I kind of backed my way into your two-car scenario idea. My two favorites for you, though, with the twenty-five grand in your pocket, my two <laughs> favorites for you as a single car are these two. One is a Dodge Challenger. Now, it is a bigger car, but you're talking about you're not going to be a track rat with this car. You will fit that car. Rear child seats will fit that car. Get the biggest engine you can afford at your budget because the bigger the engine, the more you'll enjoy the attitude of that car. Available six-speed manual, tons of attitude. It is so far away from everything else you've owned. I just think you'd enjoy it. You only have a 15-mile commute. It's not like you're going to be just, you know working your way 40 miles across Los Angeles. That's not the end of the world. So I think the challenge is worth driving. But my favorite is a hmm. BMW 335iS. That's the E92 chassis. It is the prior oh, to the yeah. current prior to the current uh, 3 Series. Watch our review of that car. It, it, it was the car that BMW was selling right below the E92 M3. It was below that. It had their turbo engine. It actually has more torque than that generation M3. Are those you 25 those, grand? You can get them now for 25 grand. You're kidding they me. Are a, they are not easy to find. There's not a ton of them out there. But I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong. I looked them up. You may have to shop nationwide, Douglas, but I guarantee you. The, and I'm being very specific. 335IS. Not the I, the IS. Turbo. It's got like 360 pound-feet of torque. Over 300 horsepower. We really enjoyed that car when we drove it in our review a while back. It's one of the BMWs I genuinely, genuinely like of that generation. There's a few of those three series. I'm like, really? This isn't worth the money. But that 335iS <laughs> for 25 grand is a find. And you would have room and the rear child seat would work. At least I believe it would. I think that is your answer. Good stuff. Good show. Yeah, that's. Uh, I forgot about that car. And the Challenger is definitely a car that you will fit in, Douglas. I can yeah. guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. That's a big car. It is. Interesting. It is. And, and the thing is, the, the, the Challenger is going to feel like a big girl on a back road, I will acknowledge. The 335 IS, you would just enjoy. It would be so yeah, much fun that'd, on the back road. that would be a great choice. It would be yeah. great to commute. I, I think you'd love it. I, manual transmission, off you go. I think that is an interesting find of a car. It gives you a completely different life experience you've had so far. And congrats on your move and little one on the way. That's a lot of changes, man. I'm excited for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, coming up on an hour due to my long laundry list of cars. My <laughs> fault. It's my fault. Uh, anyway, we love, uh, we love that you guys write to us and uh, – 
please keep the suggestions coming. As Todd said, we aren't going to get to the Facebook questions here, but I will put up my secret websites of all the uh, the car stuff, and then uh, and then we can all look at them together. And what the crazy thing is, Paul, I don't even know what they are. I read that question and I go, "Yeah, it'd be nice to see that list because you pulled them out of nowhere." So we, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have to have you write those down because clearly somewhere somebody out there is gonna be gonna appreciate that. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, discussing the Model Three and hearing Todd rant and rave against marketing MBAs who think they're clever. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing that actually. So. Um, well, anyway. and this week is our uh, our FRS uh, tuning video where we put exhaust parts on from our friends at FT86 Speed Factory. That is coming this Thursday, so yeah, yeah. hang on for that. And uh, we're trying really hard. We've actually both got some out-of-town time in the next couple of weeks. So it makes it a little more difficult, but we've got some out-of-town shoots and some out-of-town vacation and work. And so we're trying to make sure that the next six weeks solid have weekly videos. I will acknowledge right now, if we stumble, we'll only stumble for a week. But uh, we've got great stuff, Jeeps and Audis and some fun fast blasts, and we've got a comparison of Mustangs coming up that we're excited about. So lots of big things on the way. Pretty cool. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Keep rating and reviewing the podcast. It really helps us out, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys.